Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is a life and career coach helping engineers, technology developers and scientists to take full advantage of their intellectual power in order to transform their work and life. These interesting complex systems eventually resulted in a transition to coaching, an area that deals with an enormously complex system, the human mind, while aiming at creating practical and tangible change, both an intuitive, analytical approach involving support and help in leadership roles. Welcome to the show, Vadim Strotz. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you for inviting me. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for being a guest today. That was a very brief introduction. You've got a very interesting backstory of how this coaching came about. So if you can tell the listeners a bit more about yourself, what you now do and how you help and how you got there. Well, I was... Raised by my family as um, as a person with intellect, that was the dream of my mother. Okay. That if a kid gets an education, becomes a scientist, that creates a perfect social lift. Uh, that actually worked well in the Soviet Union at the time, in the sixties and seventies. So I grew up according to the wishes of my parents. I've got educated as a chemist. I've started my scientific career, and pretty quickly realized that science is something very interesting to read about. Mm-hmm. But doing science actually is not so much, not as much fun as I expected. So I switched to engineering and developing systems and applying the complex chemically reactant systems for um, the various industrial purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mostly air pollution control in plants and then in automobiles. And that really helped me to move from place to place, develop my career. I ended up in Germany, in Berlin, doing highly sophisticated work on uh, diesel engine exhausts until I hit the spot when I realized that, oops, I have no more interest in that. All right. Okay. I guess that happens too. Yeah. Many people at some point. Mm, I didn't act immediately. I um, tried to overcome that loss and survive. I failed. I quit my job. Okay. And then I was offered job coaching by the German government, which was immensely helpful. Mm-hmm. The I had a very intelligent coach. She went through my interests, my strengths, my weaknesses. The whole process was very educational for me. In the end, um, she issued a recommendation that I need further training in leadership, communication, consulting, maybe coaching. That was the first time when the word coaching kind of clicked with me. Right. In my communication training for leaders, there was a day um, going about a leader as a coach. 
Then again, something something clicked. I felt a response in my body. One of the trainers also noticed something, and she recommended that I continue my training in the direction of coaching. Okay. So I took a few further coach courses, uh, general coaching, systemic coaching, NLP, mediation, and eventually, with a bunch of beautiful certificates, uh, started thinking about what I'm going to do with all that stuff. It took time. The process was very slow, especially that uh, my previous life was mostly within the framework of uh, organizations, mm -hmm. academic or corporate. And as a coach, I kind of, I'm expected to do a lot of stuff by myself, being yeah. responsible for myself, for my business, for my clients, for my work. Yeah, And that's where I am, building my um, new business, by building my new career. Awesome. And it's, you're focusing on the people that work in the background where you've got that experience. Pardon me? So you're working with clients now that have that come from the engineering scientific background, so that experience that you've got from working in that field, and now the people that you're coaching uh, to help them in their own lives. That's, that's, a, that's a natural match. They, we, we share similar, similar traits. Mm. We spend a lot of time in our heads, mm. that's in our body and emotions. Right. We tend to forget about our capacities that exist that are beyond the intellect. And that makes actually immensely pleasurable for me to work with somebody and see how a person realizes that there is so much more he or she is capable of outside of um, rational thinking right. and listening to your body signals when uh, activating your intuition can create insights that have not been available previously. So this process of discovery is, a, is a wonderful. I, I do have, as many people, the love for instant gratification and when that happens. It's great. Yeah. I and besides, uh, I have a certain network of contacts in the industry, and uh, that hopefully helps yeah. me to, to build my business in the future. So you're, you're helping people actually see a completely and, and get in touch with a completely different side of themselves. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mm. That's amazing, isn't it? That you're able to, again, that process that you went through, that process of coming from the scientific into the engineering and then recognizing in yourself and someone recognize it in you that you actually started to feel a connection to something that was different from what you'd experienced before. And now you're helping other people to get into that space where they can start to really connect with different parts of themselves. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that connection. And you said that this is uh, like the, the intellect thing. So you say you grew up in the former Soviet Union. So if you can tell mm -hmm. a little bit maybe about what that was like growing up in that environment. And you said that your mum was very kind of set on you working on your intellect and moving into a, um, having a career with somewhere where you used your brain a lot. Well, um, she said I started reading when I was about three and a half years old. Right, okay. Wow. I started recognizing words. 
Right. In kindergarten, I've got a nickname of professor. Okay. <laughs> so from a very early age, everything has been predetermined. Mm -hmm. I actually have not seen any other no pathways in my life outside of developing my um, academic knowledge, developing my intellectual capacities further and using them for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. And life in the Soviet Union was um, also was marked by the sense of uh, remarkable stability. Once you get in a certain boat, there is a very little chance that you will be able to escape it. Right, okay. So my everyone in my family got an education once, and they have never switched careers, never switched professions. It was okay. It was nice, and and that's yeah, it creates a sense of security. Yeah, and that's the normal thing to do. There is you put your mind into one field, and then you stay in that space, probably for the rest of your career. Exactly, and then you go into retirement, and. Uh, the government takes care of you, good or bad. It's uh, it's a different story, but somehow you basically don't need to make any major decisions. You don't need to have any doubts in the Right. Okay. It's it's very easy on, on a certain yeah. level. But what what was different for you then? So you had your your mum. She was directing you down one path. Mm -hmm. um, what what shifted in you? Do you think that made you think actually I don't want to be doing the same thing, and you and obviously you moved away from the former Soviet Union, and you said you were the collab, yeah, in 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 Germany. Well, the major driver was the collapse of the Soviet system. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, you see that doors are being opened mm -hmm. that have never existed before. Suddenly, you see that the structures that supported your life and work are collapsing; they don't exist anymore. No. So the the land, which is now fractured in so many different countries, has um, gone through a period of immense turmoil and transformation. It has been painful for a lot of people. Mm. So one of the avenues that I have, have seen for myself and for my family was to escape. Okay. Fortunately, there were people who were interested in me, and I escaped to the United States, where I spent 18 years. Right. Learn to speak English, even though it still has the Russian mafia accent in it. <laughs> that's a great and, and that's basically where my transition from science to engineering work has been completed. Okay. So you went to the US as a scientist? Well, I've spent maybe, uh, what was the about nine months um, in St. Louis, in the chemical engineering department at Washington University. And then I left it, uh, went to work uh, for a company that has been created by my boss at the time. And that was the end of my direct involvement with science. Right, okay. But I have actually never left science completely. I've always been practicing the advanced technology development, and that was always connected to um, Right. Application of scientific development. Mm -hmm. So I've always been in conversation in conversation with academia. I have still contacts with them with that. 
And what was that cultural shift like moving from the former Soviet Union as that was collapsing? And like you said, it kind of removed the stability of maybe the uh, for a lot of people, but actually opened a lot of doors at the same time. What was that like for you to move from from there to the US? Confusing initially. Mm-hmm. I must say, um, my family and I, we had it. We had a very easy transition in terms of finances. We have been well supported at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There has been a culture shock. Right. It was probably the strongest for my daughter. She was at the time seven years old and mm-hmm. um, not really conscious, I guess, of what was going on. And that affected her deeply. There was a wonderful moment. I was walking to the university on the street and there was a sudden deep realization that I am actually free to do whatever I want, which I have never had before. Wow. I must have, what was that like? What was that feeling like to have that realization? That... Happy. Yeah. Happy. You, you feel happiness. You feel lightness. It was... So your path was no longer set. <laughs> there was a sense of safety in it. Mm-hmm. There are different kinds of freedom, and mm-hmm. there is a freedom you experience in a free fall, and it can be ex- extremely scary. Mm-hmm. You are floating somewhere or to somewhere, and you have no idea where you're going to, and you have no idea where you land, and that can be catastrophically scary for for people. Yeah, I guess especially when you've come from an environment where you had like a linear pathway already set in your mind. But but as I said, for me, it was easier since I've had this sense of freedom and at least um, my basic needs in terms of, uh, you know, shelter and food and um, decent, you know, material comfort that was... um, that was in place so mm. so with that it was you had like a stable base so you were able to kind yeah. of maybe embrace this this idea that actually you've got the stable base but there's so much more in front of you that you don't know but because you were stable in that space you were able to think about that and where you wanted to go instead of being stuck in this one space of where you where you thought you were going you realized that you had all these choices open to you and and you could make decisions about where your future was going to be. And and that actually creates a very good base for um, being able to learn about what's going on about you. Mm-hmm. A totally different culture, totally different legal system, different language, different relationships between people. Mm-hmm. I must say there has been a culture shock that was kind of expected. Mm-hmm. And we were young, so we were able to deal with it, I'd say, with a good degree of confidence. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it took it took years before I would say I was feeling comfortable in the in the American society. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine so. It just it must have been just so completely opposite to what you were used to. What was in terms of culture shocks, what was more surprising 
when we moved from from the US to Germany, mm. 18 years later, my expectation was that, okay, these are both countries of the Western world. There are so many similarities. Mm -hmm. I expected that the transition would be so much easier that time. Mm. And I was so <laughs> mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that not being very, very much the same at all. It was, in fact, it was very difficult in terms of relationships. Okay. I've got so used to the almost extreme individualism of the of the United States. Mm -hmm. um, moving to work in a in a German company showed me that suddenly. Everybody values the environment, the group, the team quality so much more right. than what I've been used to. Okay. And people and teams and groups and organizations put a lot of emphasis on creating the culture where the cooperative processes are established and followed. So it's, it's it's much more collective oriented compared to American work environment. Right. Okay. Which, like you said, is very individualistic and mm. thinking about you and where you're going and things like that. Mm. Uh, that's good. Again, major, major shifts. It's like two massive shifts that you've come from an environment where you kind of your map, your life is mapped out. It's all about you doing something, I guess, for the state. You go to yeah. America, it's all about doing something for yourself. And then you come to Germany and it's all about doing something for your your colleagues and working yeah. in, in a group that way. Well, if you've been through some, some massive shifts there. I guess coaching then is you've got so much experience then of different, working with different people in different environments. Um, it's very interesting as well that even sort of here, in the UK, it's a very subtle um, directive, I think, that your your life is mapped out in front of you, that you're encouraged to do things a very specific way mm -hmm. and to live a specific way of life. Not, I wouldn't imagine, on the scale of what you experienced back in the former Soviet Union. But it's interesting that you realise that there is choices that you're there, your your life is not mapped out. That you can decide on a different pathway if you want to. If it doesn't suit you where you are going. When I came here to Germany, a question I I get very often. Still, where is it better? Would you recommend me or someone like me? Because typically that was a question from my younger colleagues mm -hmm. to go to go to the US. I'm kind of considering that. What would be your advice, Vadim? Mm. And it's a very complex question, of course. Mm. And I need to give some kind of a simple answer, which boils down to: okay, if you want to sacrifice your time in order to develop your career, in order to earn a lot of money in order to realize yourself as an individual in the workplace, mm -hmm. U.S. offers a lot more 
probably a lot more opportunities right. for someone who is very self-oriented. Okay. But be prepared that your life will not be as stable as in Germany. Be prepared to have much less uh, vacation time. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to work much more if you want to really achieve something. Right. Okay. If your interests are more in terms of stability and society taking care of um, many of your needs, mm-hmm. or the affordable medical system, then it's better for you to stay here. Right. Okay. So again, that's a stark choice, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, you, which way do you want your life to go, I guess? Yeah. You know, it, it, what kind of is what? What are you? What is your preference, and what is more suited to you as an individual? And by all means, go there and try. Spend mm. a year or two, mm. see if it works for you. Because mm. sometimes, but in most of the times, people don't know actually what they want, what kind of lifestyle is preferable, what kind of opportunities are necessary. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that is the thing about experiencing these different things, isn't it? you know trying different things out seeing what suits you what's best for you and being able to decide which is the best thing for you to take and the best space for you moving forwards sorry and i've met a bunch of people who travel a lot Mm -hmm. some of them have done trips around the world yeah been to countries which i've never been to and they have seen a lot, and they have understand a lot of cultural differences, but it's still superficial. You will not learn about what it really is until you spend extended time in the country. No, most definitely. In the culture. Yeah, yeah. You need to integrate yourself and acclimatize and see what it's really like, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Feel all the pain, feel all the happiness. <laughs> and again, just like you said, face the fear, face the unknown, face the face the uh, opportunity of change. Um, how did that impact on your relationships? Because I guess moving from completely different environments, completely different cultures with your family, um, how did that impact on your relationships with, with them? How did it change you and the other people that you were in your relationships with? It has worked differently with different people. Mm-hmm. I've been married for 36 years and my wife has been with me in all these transitions. Mm-hmm. And we have supported each other continuously through that time. Mm-hmm. And I must say that the where I am now is um, actually um, it is something that it's a gift from her. Right. The way I was brought up with my brain, you know, totally oriented to solving differential equations. <laughs> yeah. Um, my let's say my relationship literacy my emotional intelligence had have been I say, pretty undeveloped mm-hmm. when I met. Right. And it was her persistence in talking to me, in paying attention to how I behave in the family, in our relationship. 
that helped me to gradually grow and eventually beginning to understand that um, relationship with her is something that needs to be worked on, needs to be developed. That the relationship that we have now is not going to remain the same as we go together through, through life. It will change and we need to adapt to the change and we need to create the change we want. It is really a product of our cooperation, right. our growth. Mm -hmm. And we have really grown up together a lot through these trans transitions, through the crisis. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you've been through so much together. And we have been together. We have also have spent a lot of time apart. Okay. Uh, she, she had to spend three years back in Russia to take care of her mother, who has developed dementia and basically she was going towards the end of her life to end of her life and there was no other support no social systems no family so my wife had to move to russia for, and she spent there three years mm. and we needed to work on our relationship further in order to survive together mm. through this separation yeah, most definitely. Which was difficult. And she now has the first draft of her book, which hopefully will transition to some to, to the second draft and maybe to something publishable in the future. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm sure that's gonna be a very interesting story. You definitely have to let us know when uh, when that's ready to read. All right, I will. <laughs> So my awakening to the importance of relationship is a result of this very long process. Mm. Also a result of my personal crisis when I went from engineering into empty space and eventually into coaching as a profession, mm -hmm. which is so much focused on establishing a relationship with your client. Yeah. You know, I noticed a significant change last week. Okay. I visited my parents in Uzbekistan. Mm -hmm. I grew up there. Yeah. And the way I grew up was that I'm, I was a supermarket man. When I need to buy something, I go to a supermarket, I pick stuff from the shelf, I bring that to the cashier, minimum interaction. Right. I can barely acknowledge the persons who are around me. I've done my business purely transactional, transactional out of the space. Okay. In Uzbekistan, you go to a bazaar. Right. You have various offerings. You have various people. You have conversations mm -hmm. about the quality of the product, about the available choices, about the price. Sometimes pleasant, sometimes not. And when I was growing up in Uzbekistan, I the trip to a bazaar was a challenge, and I sincerely hated it. <laughs> okay. As I said, I, I was a transaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, that human contact and conversation would have been really difficult for you. Yeah. Last week, I repeated the experience, and I have felt 
And it was very surprising. I felt pleasure in these conversations. Wow. I was surprised that the people still speak Russian language. Mm-hmm. Well, you can appreciate it. I've spent 17 years of my youth in Uzbekistan. I could barely speak maybe 10 words in Uzbek language. It's <laughs> so separated. Right, okay. I guess an analogy to an Englishman in colonial India is somewhat close to that. <laughs> Russia was and still is a colonial power there. Yeah. Were you made to speak Russian then as a child? Yeah. Well, Russian is my native language. It's, it's language of my family. My parents came from Russia, from Ukraine. They, they're not natives of, okay. of Uzbekistan. So I guess I grew up a lot in, in, in terms of relationships when I was able to feel pleasure from conversing with people who want to sell me stuff. Mm. And what difference has that made to you, actually being more open and feeling that pleasure, actually connecting with people in a different way? What difference has that made to you as a person? As a person, one of the most important for me is um, being free, the sense of freedom. And when I am able to converse with people freely without feeling the internal blocks and being, you know, stuck in my resistance Mm -hmm. to communication. Yeah. It's it's not a happy feeling. It's very unfree feeling. Right. Being able to let go, being able to converse openly. It gives you this wonderful sense of freedom, power. If you are free in the bazaar, you have so much more negotiation power. <laughs> you can't imagine. Yeah, you just don't give them the money and walk away. You can negotiate and uh, maybe knock them down a few, few, yeah. few, few quid. <laughs> but again, that's amazing, isn't it? You said that's that sense of freedom, being able to just talk to people being able just to connect with them in a different way and have those conversations is is giving you a sense of freedom and that's is that that's an amazing feeling to have i'd imagine it's the most amazing feeling i know yeah being free Mm. i think it shows again the significance of us as human beings to be able to connect with one another as well uh, and remove those shackles of the, like you said, the resistance inside of you to actually be open and be close to people. You weren't taught when you were younger that this, you know, you were in your head all the time, like you said, rather than in your body. You weren't experiencing feelings as such. You were just experiencing your thoughts and what, you know, what you were driven to do was just to think your way through life. And that even if you are in the, in this uh, intellect-oriented profession, you eventually realize that the people who get ahead, who have amazing careers, who become world famous, are not always the most intellectually gifted people. Mm. These are people who are able to communicate, they're people who are able to present the results convincingly, interestingly, so that the audience really is able to understand what's going on and uh, get impressed by what's going on in your mm-hmm. work. Yeah, there's there's a famous quote, isn't there? People don't remember you for what you do. They remember for you how you, how, they, how you make them feel. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, because we are, was it there? There's a quote that said, We are human beings of uh, uh, feeling animals that think. Mm -hmm. Whereas most other animals on the planet go with instinct, they go with emotion, they go with how their bodies are telling them, they go with the senses that kind of bring them open to, to what's going on in their environment. Whereas us as human beings, we have a tendency just to get stuck in our heads and overthink and create problems for ourselves because we're just not able to let go of those thoughts. Oh, yeah. I've spent many, many nights either before any significant events or after significant events, just playing and playing and playing the sequence again and again, and the, the brain cannot stop. Mm -hmm. I've got to sleep. I have important meeting tomorrow, and my brain cannot stop thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's too busy thinking about all the eventualities of this meeting. I wish I could. I could force this to stop. <laughs> but uh, interestingly enough, you can do it. You can force it. Mm, you can indeed. Uh, is, that help, is that helping now, now that you're more aware of your emotions, you're more aware of what your body's mm. going through? Has that yeah. helped you with these, these thought processes and, and enabling you to switch those off in any way? Well, most of the mindfulness techniques offer you the way out of this um, cycle of thinking. Mm -hmm. The principles are always the same. It's uh, switching attention to your body, grounding into into your body, into what's going on in it. Mm. Combine it with slow breathing, maybe a bit of meditation. Mm. I think um, what helps often is to have to use the anchoring techniques. Mm -hmm. Okay, can you tell either me verbal or body body gestures that kind of help you to uh, change the state of your mind and go from this uh, agitated stressful state into the rested rest and digest right state which is uh, so much more quiet and once you're grounded in that state through the through working with your body yeah you can okay. then go to do whatever you want to do or go to sleep and... with with anchoring you mean you you kind of create a an emotional physical space that you're able to return to you anchor yourself in in an emotional and physical space so when you are struggling with something else you're able to use a technique to re to, to go back to that space which helps you to relax and be calm yeah. and think things through in a, yeah. in a in a different way that's amazing. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, what you've just mentioned. There will be useful uh, tips for for people listening when they are living in their in their mind space too much. Um, so your transition then in, into coaching. So you then decided that actually being in a completely different space within yourself is is now a, a space that you want to put yourself in with other people. So you help them. Please just tell me a little bit then how you help people with your coaching. What do you work on with them? You said that you work in the engineering sort of science-based field, so you're helping the people kind of get out of their heads, into their bodies, giving them the opportunities that they never would have uh, been able to experience before, even though they existed before. 
And that's the journey that you've been through through everything that you've experienced and have that support there. Because as you said, you had your wife who was constantly supporting, but actually kind of probing away at you to try and help you to kind of open up a little bit and be a little bit more free within yourself. And now you help other people to kind of do that space for them, make that space for themselves. It's a bit of a diff- difficult question. In my coaching, I don't have a preset program. Yeah. I am aware that there are programs that guide you through, you know, 12 or 25 steps. And then yeah. in the end, you you achieve Nirvana. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, there is, there, oh, are, no. there is a lot of value in that. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, or I would say usually, when you are in a coaching conversation, the feelings and ideas come up unexpectedly. And then it is between you and the coaching in your coaching container. How do you respond to that? Mm-hmm. Do you let it go? Do you pick up this uh, new idea and uh, develop it into a new strategy for your future? This kind of interactive, the interactive approach to coaching is very valuable for me. Mm-hmm. There is there is always a structure, of course. Mm-hmm. You get to know each other. You spend some time understanding the issues that are important, the goals, the desires of a client. Yeah. You begin to dig deeper. You apply certain methods doing the interventions. Mm-hmm. And during all this process, you pay attention to what's going on. Mm. What's going on with the coach, what's going on in you. Mm-hmm what's going on in the space between you mm-hmm. and in this space between you sometimes the miracle miracles happen um, i had a conversation with a with a woman who is an engineer and we were talking about her professional orientation she was unhappy with what she's doing mm. in the company um, i think it was our second conversation where I don't remember really what exactly we have done, but suddenly she comes to a realization that the content of the work is not an issue. It is something that she would like to change eventually, but most important that she is not happy with the relationships that she has with people at work. Right, okay. And then even greater, she has not the greatest relationship with the city and and with the country. All right. And that completely changed her approach to, to her career. And now she is going to spend several months in a year outside of Germany where she would feel happy, wow. at least du- during the winter time. Yeah. yeah. Connecting with people who are closer, who are more, say, more fitting mm-hmm. her personality. Right. And then once that is established, then probably then that then probably would be a proper time to to come back to the content and to see if uh, other job opportunities or career opportunities would be available. Wow. So the priorities have changed, and that has happened in the in the conversation that was about an hour and a half long. Wow, I guess that's again that's amazing, isn't it? In that just that short space of time, you've been able to help this person to understand that their unhappiness 
was coming from, again, where they believed maybe they should be and what they should be doing rather than actually what they really wanted to be doing and where they wanted to be. Um, and they say I didn't do much. Hmm. I was standing there asking some questions, yeah. paying attention to what, what comes up. Yeah, and the art of coaching. Asking, That's all. Asking great questions. <laughs> but helping her to see, actually just explore this space for herself so she could actually find out what was going on within her. I think they're right with the, the coaching. There are these, there are lots of programs which the steps to create this, and, and I've got some of them myself, but actually they're still very individual because everybody sees things from a different way, feels things from a different way, has a different background and a different idea about things. And unless you can actually understand the person, it doesn't really matter how many steps you put in front of them. It doesn't mean they're going to be able to walk up the steps or work through the steps yeah. until you know what, what they really need in order to help them to move forwards. And most of the time you actually have no idea. No. There is no guarantee that something will happen mm. or when something happens or what, what is going to happen. Mm. You can spend hours on making no progress at all and then suddenly something happens, the discovery happens. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think of those as those kind of ta-da moments where you sort of all of a sudden you, you just go, wow, this, this really makes sense. They're the kind of moments when I work with my clients that give me goosebumps because it's amazing when someone just says, you know, I get this. And I know what I want to do. I know what I need to do. And, and I can start to progress myself forwards and move myself forwards. They are the amazing parts. Um, I mean, the conversation we've had today has been fascinating. And as a coach, there were so many questions that I wanted to ask you as we were talking. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have the time um, to go into all the variants of the things that, you know, that came to mind as we were talking. And I'm sure maybe... To the listeners as well, there are so many questions that's left unanswered. And again, one of those conversations where we could have kind of gone on for hours talking about um, everything that you've been through and the impacts of this on your life. Um, and you see, the the initial idea was to basically focus on the personal story of my relationships, which has been totally not part of this conversation no so we're going to have to come back i think and do that again another time um thank you for what you've shared so far i know it's been an absolutely amazing story um if people wanted to get in touch with you if you can give them your contact details you've got a website that people can uh, go to find out a bit more about what you do it's very easy www strots s-t-r-o-t-s dot d-e it's registered in germany but there is a both english and german version of it that's my, my plan to create also a russian version let's, we'll see how it works okay let's let's see what happens with that um and the freebie that you're offering you have a consultation that you can that people can access oh yeah i I see a lot of value in simply having a conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely no need to that the conversation leads to a coaching agreement or not. I'm happy to talk to anyone, to spend my time to 
You know, maybe, maybe we can resolve something within an hour or so. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we will establish a, con a contract or not. Mm -hmm. I like going into the space of the unknown and see what happens. Lovely. And I'm inviting everyone into the same space. So if you are open to that invitation, please do reach out to Vadim. Just go to his website. There's the contact details are in the notes. Um, do you have, before we finish today, any kind of parting words of wisdom? Do you have a favorite quote uh, that you like to refer back to that you could just leave us with before we disappear? I've been part of um, a few groups that practice dialogue. Mm -hmm. and there are certain principles that help people in the process of dialogue to create um, new and amazing relationships between them. Right. The sense of love and intimacy, sometimes very creative states. The same principles are applicable to coaching. And I believe, and it's my experience, that the same principles are very useful in everyday relationships with anyone around you. Mm -hmm. Very sim simple things. Deep listening with your whole body, right. with every capacity you have. Okay. Going into unknown without any preconceived notions about what needs to happen, what needs to be exchanged, and paying pay attention. Paying attention to yourself, paying attention to your counterpart, and most importantly, to what's happening between you. This space, this interpersonal space is an amazing space. Mm. If you can listen to it and respond from that, as I said, miracle happen. That's amazing. Thank you very much. I'm sure that's, uh, again, something that the listeners, well, if they take that on board, they can create a completely different relationship in certain circumstances with people. Thank you, Vadim. It's been amazing talking to you. Um, John, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for your questions. It was an amazing conversation. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, that's an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, hopefully we will be able to do this again soon. Take care. All right. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.